0: Welcome, this is the Life Habits Podcast Series and my name is Carl Vredenberg. This is the series that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life in order to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 49 and the topic for today is assertiveness. I'd like to first thank all of you for having taken an interest in and committing to improving your life. I think we take for granted that we all do what we do day to day and I wanted to really salute all of you, all of you who regularly listen to this podcast series for really taking that interest in yourself and ways in which you can improve yourself. There's a lot of people out there who don't take that interest and who also don't follow through with listening to new ideas for improving their lives like you do. So I wanted to just start off this episode with thanking all of you for taking that view and celebrating the fact that you are taking this level of interest and this level of commitment to improving. So this topic actually comes from, as many of the topics recently have come from, from a listener suggestion and question, and this particular one comes from Matt, who writes, I'd like any podcasts on how to be assertive and confident without making others feel defensive or inadequate themselves. I also got a comment on Twitter from Martin, who writes, Also add one to the suggestion for an episode to cover assertiveness and confidence. So further reinforcement for the interest in this particular topic today. So thanks very much, Matt and Martin, for that. Let's start with some quotes. Sharon Anthony Bauer says... The basic difference between being assertive and being aggressive is how our words and behavior affect the rights and well-being of others. Anthony Robbins says, the way we communicate with others and with ourselves ultimately determines the quality of our lives. Maxwell Maltz says, we are injured and hurt emotionally. Not so much by other people or what they say and don't say, but by our own attitude and our own response. Finally, Eleanor Roosevelt says, Never allow a person to tell you no who doesn't have the power to say yes. Interesting thoughts on this topic of assertiveness. Now, This is rather central to many of our lives, the effective delivery on this attribute we call assertiveness. But Let's start with a definition of what it is all about, because I think there's actually quite a diversity of views on what assertiveness actually means and some real biases too about what it isn't. And I looked around googling around for good definitions for assertiveness that also align with my own views and was surprised by the wide range of definitions that I think quite frankly are wrong. So I did come up with one from the website about.com. And the definition goes as follows, assertiveness is a form of communication in which needs or wishes are stated clearly with respect to oneself and the other person in the interaction. Assertive communication is distinguished from passive communication, in which needs or wishes go unstated, and aggressive communication, in which needs or wishes are stated in a hostile or demanding manner. So this really defines assertiveness as being a midpoint on a continuum that goes from passivity on the left side, let's say, over to aggressiveness on the right side of that continuum. And somewhere in the middle is the right level of behavior in the middle. So it's between not doing anything and not asserting or not expressing yourself at all, being too passive, which can limit you in you expressing your views, you disagreeing with uh, what other people say if you're too passive. But equally, and probably not as well understood by most people, it's equally bad to be on the other pole, to be on that other end of that continuum of being too aggressive, expressing your views in a way that is too powerful, too forceful, and thereby injuring the other person or somehow taking away from their own selves. So let's go through, as we normally do, a top 10 list of things to think about in the ways that you can approach becoming more effectively assertive, getting yourself in the middle of that continuum from passivity to aggression. Number one is to decide what you believe on a particular topic and how important it is to you. Particular topics, are worth it in terms of really using effective assertiveness techniques, especially if you're not all that effective in this area. Other topics are really important to you. And getting your views across and convincing another person of a particular view is critical to your own happiness, to getting certain things accomplished, whether at work or at school or within your own family. And you've got to think through the topics that you are wanting to have some level of of action on and decide how important they are to you. Is they're very important to you? And getting them accomplished is critical to moving ahead. It's a really good candidate for thinking through this topic of being much more assertive or more appropriately assertive with regard to how you handle that particular topic. Number two is give yourself the right to express your views in a way that is congruent with your views. So don't say, I may be wrong, but when you're certain. So if your answer to number one was here's a particular topic that I feel absolutely super strong about, if you're talking to somebody else about it, don't diminish the level of importance that that has to you, or quite frankly, the certainty with which you feel that you are right. So you don't start a statement, as I said, with, I may be wrong, but if you're pretty certain you are right on it, and you should, in fact, be confident about that view. Number three is make direct eye contact. Don't look down, don't look off to the side when you're speaking. So if you're talking to somebody about this important topic, you're now going to address it head on by not using... These alternate words that I just mentioned. You also have to convey confidence, convey in the nonverbal ways the same level of confidence as you feel inside about the importance of this topic. The way that you communicate nonverbally, many times, is as important or even more important than what you say verbally. So you have to make sure when it comes to eye contact that you focus specifically on the person. Often when you don't have this skill, it's very hard to do this, that people are, you know, look down, look to the side, but that itself communicates the fact that you're not very sure about what it is that you're about to, to say. And so you want to make your eye contact congruent with the strength of your view on this particular topic. And this is a good idea to actually practice this in other environments when you're not talking about a topic that is critically important, but you just want to practice this. Practice better eye contact. I don't mean, you know, staring somebody down, but actually focusing more directly, you know, on them, on their own eyes. And also even think through sometimes what their thoughts might be. Think about how other people also are using their eyes in their communication. I've mentioned that many times before in this podcast series that it's often good to look at somebody that is good at what it is that you want to be better at and look at how they do that. know, is it the case that they, on a regular basis, when they're about to make a really important point, that's when they engage in direct eye contact? Get some sense of how others do it so you can do it and do it naturally and practice it in other situations. But very importantly, in situations where you're communicating something very important to you, make sure that that you make direct eye contact. Number four is maintain appropriate body posture. Communicate confidence with your body. And here again too, if you're slouching, if you're leaning on something, if you're standing sideways, if you're not sitting there facing the other person directly on, whether you're sitting or standing, if you're not conveying strength and confidence, with the way that you hold your body, that is going to undermine the message that you're giving. Again, just like the nonverbal communication in the eyes, your overall body also communicates confidence or the lack thereof. Now, you got to be careful, too, to not get over to the aggressive side, that you're communicating some real antagonistic uh, sort of approaches, you know, putting your arms on your on your waist, uh, your hands on your waist, and, and and that kind of a posture, which is like threatening. But you want to get the right sort of perspective here, of of feeling relaxed, feeling appropriate to the statements that you're making. But concentrate on the way. That you hold your body in the way that you may be communicating with your body either a, a passive approach an aggressive approach or very appropriately an assertive approach as well number five is to use a steady and firm voice and to stop interruptions firmly but politely when you're talking about an important topic if you use a voice that is just too quiet and is somewhat wavering is very nervous. You're not going to have the impact that you're going to have if you state something fairly strongly in a loud enough voice, in a tone of voice that is authoritative, but is not so loud as to be aggressive. You don't want to be yelling. You don't want to be, again, using a tone of voice that would come across as being aggressive, threatening you simply want to be relaxed firm confident and express yourself in a manner that is slow in terms of your language again don't go rushing through uh, what it is that you want to say you want the other person to understand what you're saying and a lot of time if you really want to have your message heard you you've got to slow it down you've got to enunciate you've got to execute on communicating what you want to say in a measured, thoughtful, and effective manner. And so the type of voice you use is very important. And if somebody interrupts you, you also have to make sure that you, without being overly rude, you want to just say, excuse me, I haven't finished saying what I'm about to say. Uh, Just keep talking, keep talking, even if somebody were to, you know, inappropriately be, you know, interrupting you. You have the floor, you have the right to say what you want to say, and you want to be firm about that. Again, you want to not be being inappropriate to the other person in terms of being too aggressive, but a lot of people that are too passive normally have difficulty finding that ideal midpoint and can often get too aggressive. And often don't even know that they're doing that. They interpret being aggressive or or speaking forcefully as being just absolutely telling their views. And as a result, end up yelling, end up saying things in ways that take away from the other person's sort of sense of self. There's no need to damage the other person to say what you say. There's an equally effective way of uh, communicating a lot of these views and having much more of an impact by not taking away from what the other person is all about and their own sense of self. So use a steady, firm voice and avoid interruptions. Number six is to focus on the topic and don't get distracted. This is, again, a very common problem with people that are coming from being too passive to being more assertive can easily get off on a tangent. A tangent that really isn't important to the topic. And a lot of the time, those tangents can cause more trouble than just making your point about the main theme of what you're trying to get across. You can get completely distracted, not even get the, make the point that you wanted to make, because you're going down this whole other avenue, a whole other direction that... uh you really shouldn't be getting down and and often you can get pulled down in that direction by somebody that you're speaking with who wants to get you off your main point. So don't get sucked in by that. Keep your focus. Keep in mind what you want to accomplish at the end of that conversation and make sure you keep on task. Number 7 is to own your own statements. Say I when it's appropriate. A lot of time people Say things in the third person uh, when they really mean that they themselves believe that. Own your own statements. If you want to make a really strong statement, own it. Now, some of the time you can overdo that by sort of imbuing your own ownership on things that really aren't yours or the things that you don't feel necessarily totally complete ownership of. But a lot of the time, if you're moving from being too passive, to over to the appropriately assertive line, a really good technique, especially when you're speaking about something that's really important, you say, I feel that we should be doing this. I feel strongly that this and this needs to change. Say it and own it. Number eight is to listen deeply to what others are saying in reply. It's really hard for people that are either coming off of being too passive or being too aggressive to do the really difficult part of this whole process and that is not just to focus on how you're gonna end up being appropriately assertive by coming off the passive pole or the aggressive pole toward that middle point, how your behaviors, how your body language, how, how your voice, how your eyes, how all of that stuff is going to be changed You can get really caught up in all of that and not listen to the other person. This is an interaction. This is a conversation. The other person does have a view and they do say what they want to say. And you can very quickly derail a whole conversation by not appropriately listening to what they are saying as well. So take a breath when you're talking. Leave a space so somebody can, in fact, say what they want to say and even invite them to ask for their views. Often it's an idea too, by the way, when you're trying to make a point, is to actively inject requests for whether they are following you or whether they're with you. You don't have to necessarily leave a space or just uh, you know leave it up to them to express their views. You can say uh, lines like, uh, does this make sense? Are you with me? That kind of line will make people more likely say, yeah, 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 go ahead. And you've already got them committing to a direction that they may or may not have actually really felt, but they felt some level of social expectation to agree. If they don't say that, if they don't agree, if they say, no, 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 I'm not actually with you, I I don't actually agree with what you're saying, then you know that at that point in the conversation. You don't just keep talking forever and ever and then uh, at the end of the conversation find out that they uh, in fact disagreed with what you were saying. But you can at that point say, so what is it about what I was just saying that you've got some level of disagreement with? And then you can deal with those issues directly. Make sure, though, that it is still an interaction. That is a two-way communication, even though you're focusing heavily on improving your side of the production of and expression of your own views. Number nine is to practice prior to important moments of assertiveness and then find situations to practice further. My theme across this whole series, as you know, has been that we assume that the topics that we deal with in this series are things that we somehow naturally should know, that we should have somehow learned, and that this should just be innate. And I've said many times before that we don't think that when we go on the tennis court for the first time, we don't assume that, you know... You innately know how to hold a racket, how to hit the ball, how to move, even what the rules are of the game. No, you assume that you need to learn that, and you need to practice it. You need to practice a lot. People spend their whole lives practicing their particular techniques when playing tennis. However, somehow, strangely, when it comes to almost the most important things in life, things like interpersonal communication, somehow we assume that we should already know that. That's absolutely absurd, (laughs) you know. We really need to learn these skills, but very, very importantly, practice them. Practice them all the time. These are some of the most important skills in your life. Effectively communicating, assertively communicating what you believe is so fundamental to key relationships, our work within our family, with our spouses, with our significant others, with people at work. You need to... Practice these skills. You need to find opportunities that are perhaps not as important as the most important topics that you want to handle in an assertive manner, but you want to try them out. Try the techniques I've just been talking about here. Focus on one interaction and only focus on the eye contact piece or your posture. And then the next time, you know, focus on the tone of your voice. And then after that, go back and analyze yourself. How effective was that? How weird did it feel? Oh, it's starting to feel more comfortable because you're doing it more often, etc., etc. So, practice, practice to improve. Number 10 is to reflect regularly on how you can improve. Ask trusted others to give you feedback. Asking others, especially trusted ones, is rather key in this. A lot of the time, we don't have a very good sense ourselves of of how effective we're being, especially whether it be we're being assertive, appropriately assertive, or too aggressive. That distinction is often missing. And people, again, who come from a perspective of being toward the passive end of the poll, who start to really try to improve in this area, often overshoot and often get too aggressive. And yet they think they're now being Really more effective, and then they're getting reactions from other people that making them say, Well, maybe, you know, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I should be more passive because I'm not good at this. Well, no, it's more a matter of getting the nuance of how to say something in an assertive manner without really going over the line and being too aggressive. That's a really fine line a lot of the time. And it can often be whether you're just stating your view or whether you're somehow demeaning the other person without really necessarily intending to. But the only way to really get a handle on that is to have others that observe you give you feedback that says, you know, you did a really good job on that, but you, if you hadn't said it in that, this particular way, you know, the other person may have felt that they had some out, that they it wasn't just them, it was just the behavior of that particular moment, but the way you said it made it sound like, you know, they were a worthless person, Right. If instead you were to say, I didn't like how you, how you behaved or how you handled that situation, maybe that would have been you know, more effective and that would have been assertive rather than the aggressive ha- way of handling it was to be able to actually attack their character. That kind of nuance. So ask a trusted friend who has been observing you in being more assertive to give you feedback periodically. And again, back to number nine, to practice and improve in this important area. So that's assertiveness. Wanted to again just thank all of you for the feedback you've been providing. Me and this overall series and the rest of us, this is all a collaboration, I think, a two-way one. Let me just give you a little bit of uh, the feedback that's come in, There's feedback on the website from Colin saying, hi, Carl, I've been listening to your podcast for the past week or so and really enjoy them. You give a very practical way of achieving each habit in an easy to understand way. The podcasts have given me many ideas on how to improve my life as well as confirming things I have already done. Keep up the great work. From MJK, I hope this message reaches as I want you to know how much I very much appreciate your podcasts. You're easy to listen to and share so much valuable information which you can then share with others and pass the messages on. God bless you, Carl. You are a blessing to so many. Thanks very much, MJK and Colin. Also another uh, message from Mark who says, Excellent podcast series. Thank you, Carl. Keisha writes... Hi, Carl. My favorite episode is psychological capital. My awakening came when I heard this episode. I learned valuable tools to use for reanalyzing my goals. The message came across very clear, leaving me with a feeling of fulfillment. Thank you so much for your podcast. It is a missing link to my support system. Now, with regard to the uh, request that I, I made, and I still would like you to go to carlvradenberg.com on the bottom right of that uh, website. You'll see a little quick poll for asking for feedback on the ideal length of podcast episodes. Appreciate it if you just answer that single question. And there was a response from Martin on Twitter with regard to that. Uh, he said, regarding the question of the podcast length, please don't go changing. It's perfect the way it is. And then he gives the smiley face. So thanks so much, Martin, for that. But I do want to hear from as many of you as possible for this whole overall topic of how long you ideally would like this podcast to be in terms of the length of episodes. So do provide the feedback on that as, uh, as well again. So that's it for this particular episode. Thanks everyone for listening, for getting back to me and providing feedback. And also, as I said, right off the start, Thank you for taking an interest in and a commitment to improving yourself. That's it for this episode. Bye for now.